feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Uh, looking back and looking with hindsight and um, looking at the outcome of, of the, the, the trip, clearly it was a mistake. And for that, I profoundly apologise to our supporters. Things have, haven't gone the way we wanted to and the outcome is clearly very regrettable. And I'd like to reassure our supporters that the club that they believe they have is here. We have made a mistake, you know, and we apologise for that. The Goal Radio Football Show with Paul Cooney, Davy Proven and Richard Foster. With OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! Good to hear Isa there from Still Game on the Go Radio News. We don't have Jack and Victor on the programme tonight. We've got the former Celtic and Scotland star Davy Proven and the former Rangers Aberdeen and Partick Thistle player and assistant manager for the women's team, Richard Foster. Richard, good to work with you. Good evening. Good evening. Davey, how are you? I'm very good, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this time last night, as you both know, as we came on air, the news was breaking that Celtic made the apology for going to Dubai and saying it was a mistake, we got it wrong. Where does the club go now? Davey, where do you stand on it? Um, Well, Peter Lowell caved in eventually under pressure um, I do think as as the guy who runs the football club he should have fronted up much quicker than he did I do happen to think that Celtic were entitled to go to Dubai um, given that they, they are exempt from the type of restrictions that you and I are under but uh, it turned out to be a, a complete PR disaster and that has to go down to Celtic themselves Richard what do you feel? Um, I think even listen to his apology he's apologi- apologising because of the outcome um, whereas a lot of you know a lot of football fans, a lot of people out there are thinking that maybe someone should have seen this beforehand and thought, let's read the room a little bit. Why are we going to Dubai? Yes, I know they they had an exemption, but you know they've just been beaten from Rangers. It, it just doesn't look good. So you know, fair play, they've came out now and um, they've apologised. I do agree. You know, he, he should have been out a lot sooner, um, but he's apologised now and. You know, they probably just need to try and keep their heads down and, and try and see out the rest of the season, don't they? We're going to take more calls on it tonight. 0808 17 700 on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Other topics this evening. Gary Holt's back in Scottish football in a management position, but it's a director of sporting. Uh, we'll tell you about that very shortly. Uh, some rearranged fixtures. We're going to give you some news on the Scottish Cup weekend. January the 30th, there's going to be some league matches because, of course, the Scottish Cup is, uh, is not happening at the moment and Richard your own club of course big controversy this week and Davey I know you've got sympathy lots of people have for clubs like Partick Thistle full time clubs uh, who are back on furlough and can't play until we don't know when yeah it's an absolute disgrace and it's just another kick in the teeth to, to Partick Thistle who were absolutely shafted by the ridiculous decision to relegate them when they were two points behind Queen of the South with a game in game hand, hand. Uh, and were effectively punished by having a good run in one of the cup competitions because they had to postpone a league game. That gets them relegated, and to compound that, now they they're, they're having to furlough players, and uh, I think got a fraction of what some championship part-time clubs got when the 
the Scottish funding thing was distributed. Yeah, five hundred thousand pounds if you're in the championship, one hundred and fifty in uh, League One. It's been a really tough year. We know that health comes first for everyone. How are you feeling about it, Richard? Though? <sighs> you know, disappointed, um, annoyed. I think this. You know, we heard that it was. You know, this had nothing to do with the Scottish government. This was. This was um, the SPFL that made this decision. Um, that there's been. You know, breaches. There's been COVID outbreaks in the in the in the Premiership, and their response to that is to to cancel League One and League Two. It just it doesn't add up. Um, you know, Thistle as a club are very very stringent. You know, Jerry Britton doesn't allow us a second. He's you know he, he makes the sports scientists take photos and videos of us on the bus and at pre-match to make sure that we're adhering to the guidelines. Really? Uh, yeah. He's yeah. you know he's 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 you know he's so on it with these with these protocols you know going up to Cove on a, a horrible windy rainy day not getting a shower back down on the bus um so we, we have been following these as i know all the other teams in our league have been and league 2 but yet we are the ones who are punished for breaches uh, two tiers above us mm-hmm. and at your stage what 34 35 years old it, it it's it's a real blow isn't it because when you're younger you think well this will pass and it will and i'll play again soon how how's it affecting you yeah well i'm going to i'm going to leave the 34 35 but there i like that little first one there <laughs> um yeah it's it's tough i found it really tough coming back from my last lockdown yeah. albeit that was you know a lot longer um but i've i've at the stage of my career i'm at now i need to keep going i need to keep training and just keep the body going um these kind of stop and start it it just it takes you longer to get going and your body feels a bit sore and a bit stiffer and it's not ideal but it's you know hopefully it's just the three weeks that they've they've predicted so far um, and it's not too long beyond that because that's when it starts to get a problem like you say my, my body starts going into shutdown mode and, and wants a holiday but but no so it's it's been tough but I mean it's it's tough for everyone at this stage now, The match is rearranged for the 30th Celtic will play St Mirren that game would have been early March but it's going to be on the 30th of January so it's good that that weekend will have matches Dundee United are going to play Hibs that match would have been uh, February the 10th Kilmarnock against St Johnson and last night's game Livy against Aberdeen the match went, which went off Right, in fact, after kickoff Twice, time, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's uh, the Derek, second time it's yeah. happened. Not too many complaints I saw from Derek McInnes, who saw the conditions. But all weather, I thought the point was it would be yeah. in all weather. Yeah, I, I don't get it, Paul. I would like to have had a look at that pitch myself. But certainly, Derek McInnes was was pretty magnanimous in the way that he absolved Livingston from any blame at all. Much in the same way that he absolved John Beaton at the weekend when John Beaton gave the penalty against Aberdeen um, I think Derek's becoming something of a, an elder statesman now in the game isn't he <laughs> yeah. but it's good, it's good to see him being as, as reasonable as that it was a penalty do you agree? under the letter of the law it, yeah. it is a penalty I just think it's a, it's a bad law that you know that Hedges could have attempted to, to make the tackle and deliberately brought Morelos down and got a yellow yeah. and yet tries to pull out the challenge and ends up with a red I, sure. I, I don't get it so if you were refereeing would it be a penalty but obviously a yellow card yeah, well, if, if 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 it's up to me, it's a yellow card all day all yeah, day long, yeah. because Hedges has has tried to pull out a, a challenge, and Aberdeen have ended up a man down. Right, Richard, I think I saw you the other night talking about it, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I think um, it's. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, I agree with David there. But the the point is, the referee has an assessor at every game. So if the referee doesn't follow the rules that are, that are there in place, he then gets marked down for that. Mm-hmm. So I think. Derek was. It was great to hear him come out and say, "Look, John Beaton explained that he had no margin. For, he had no room, to, wiggle room for this because he was brought down for the penalty, and he didn't attempt to win the ball. It's got to be a penalty and a red card. And you know, it's it's an unfortunate rule. I think it's it shows that there are kind of discrepancies that probably need to be tightened up within the rule. 
Um, but it was just unfortunate, an unfortunate thing for Aberdeen, who at that point were well in the game, and you know it was quite an end-to-end entertaining game. Two of your old clubs, uh, you'd be enjoying watching it. If you got the preference for either of them, uh, um, no, no. Um, I think once I once I kind of went into full-time football, my my, yep. my uh, the team I supported went out the window really because I just became more concentrated on myself uh, um, yep. and. You know, I signed for Aberdeen, and ultimately, I want Aberdeen to do as as well as possible because that, you know, means I would do as well as possible. Um, so yeah, so all my football allegiances kind of went out the window yeah. when when I first started playing football. You had a great career at Aberdeen, and at Rangers, you were at the time Ali was in charge, and we know about the turmoil at Rangers. That must have been a really tough period. Um, it was tough. You know, it was certainly a lot tougher for for Ali than it was for us because. He kind of he was almost a barrier. You never let any of the off-field stuff kind of filter down into this into the dressing room, um, and and fair play to him because, you know, there were times when there was a lot going on, a lot of which we didn't know about, um, and it couldn't have been easy for him. But you know, we kind of we done our best, and ultimately we fell short in, in terms of the league. Um, but you know it was it was an enjoyable part of my my career and I, I loved being at Rangers both times. Well, they're uh, certainly not struggling now. Twenty one oh. points clear. Davey, have we established is. It, is that his Rangers title? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think any flickering hope that, that Celtic would have had, Paul, um, died uh, at the Old Firm game by losing that game. And it's a game that Celtic, you could argue, could have, should have won. But, uh, you know, with Rangers winning that game, it's over. And then dropping the points uh, against Hibs uh, the other night. Uh, where do you stand on that, Davey, with the team? A weakened team. It wasn't a bad 11 that went out, but no strikers. No, no strikers. Um, and again, it, it was just a, a byproduct of the disaster that, that Dubai turned into. And I, I, I just don't understand why Christopher Julian was in Dubai. You know, he's, he's not going to be able to train. And surely um, every extra player you take, you take a risk of getting COVID in your bubble. So why, why Julian was there, I've no idea. Richard? I completely agree. I, yeah. I think the, the reason behind it was because they still wanted him to feel part of the squad yeah. after having a serious injury. But, you know, the serious injury is less than a week old. So I think, you know, moving forward down the months as he's doing his rehab, yes, he needs to be involved in the squad and he needs to be part of the squad. But right now, I would imagine with the seriousness of his injury, being at home in his own house would have been the best place for him, not travelling. He's so far airport. out of the loop, isn't he? Yeah. I he mean, really... in, injured players are almost like lepers at football clubs. They become totally detached. Um, certainly in my time, the manager wouldn't even speak to you if you were injured. Really? Yeah. No, Billy Minot believed you shouldn't get injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it worked back yeah. then. <laughs> For uh, Rangers, do you see Rangers doing business, uh, Richard, during the this January transfer window? Um, a strong squad, but obviously, uh, you know, Ryan Jack's been out for a bit. Um, and he's on the way back. Aribo's out at the moment. Yeah, Scott Wright, Scott Wright. Yeah, I've heard Scott Wright. I think I, I do like him a lot as a player. Um, I've played against him. He's very quick. Takes up great positions, and he's he's you know takes the ball well on the half turn. Doesn't allow defenders to get close to him. So he is something that they would you know maybe offer Rangers a, something a little bit different to what they've got. Yeah. Um, especially with likes of Arfield missing. You know, I, I do think they miss his dynamic runs from midfield. Um, but yes, so he seems to be the only one. That, and you look at the squad, I think, but Morelos looking like he's coming back to a bit of form and scoring goals. You know, I know Roof's injured. I'm not, I'm not too sure how long he's injured for. Um, but I think, I don't see where they really, really need to strengthen at this moment. I, I, I think if you're Dave Cormack, um, I, I know Derek McInnes has been saying Scott Wright will not leave unless we get the right money for him. You know, it's Hobson's choice for Aberdeen, who are obviously bleeding money as it stands. 
Uh, I, I think we'll see Scott Wright at Ibrox before this window's out. Uh, Aberdeen are better taking something for him than losing him in the summer for nothing. It'd be an Eamon Brophy job, won't it? He's now at St Mirren. He was going to go in the summer. What's the point? Do it now. And Scott Wright, you do suspect he'll be at Ibrox soon. Yeah, I think it's one of those where if... It's very, you know, it's it's difficult for the, for a manager to pick a player who's agreed to leave. Similarly, it's difficult for the player to to give everything he's got. I mean, is he going to go into that fifty fifty tackle, knowing that in a couple of months' time he's not going to be at the club? It's you know, some players will, some players and, and some players wouldn't. Um, I myself would probably be stupid enough to go into the tackle anyway. But um, it's you know, it's one of those where you, you probably can't fully trust the player, and the player, you know, the manager can't really make the decision. So it's probably best f- for all. If they agree, if Rangers come up with the, the right fee, whatever that is, I think it'd be best for them to move but on. But the, the whole pre-contract agreement—I mean, it's utter nonsense. It's, it's a strange. That you, a strange that you can have a, a player sign for another club and even play against that club. I mean, what's that about? Mad, isn't it? Great for the agents, but I mean, yeah, for having sake. But if you if you're in, if you're in an po- important game. And Scott Wright's playing for Aberdeen and, and, and you know the league's tighter and Rangers are going for the league. Is he going to want to score against Rangers and lose them a league yeah. and then have to go and meet them the next season? Well, you no imagine chance. he takes a penalty and misses. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> you know what I mean? You know, even if he's trying to score, can you imagine yeah. the well, stick you, he's going to You get. mentioned that Charlie Nicholas's Charlie last Nick. act for Aberdeen yeah. was a penalty against Celtic in the cup final. In, in the 1989 final, yep. Charlie's taken a penalty for Aberdeen and he's already agreed to go to Celtic the following season. Wow. And he scores the penalty, which puts Celtic out of, of Europe. You know, had Celtic <laughs> won the Scottish Cup, they'd have been in Europe. Yeah. Charlie, to be fair to him, sticks it in the top right-hand corner, but knocks Celtic out of European competition for the following season, and he's becoming a Celtic mm. player. Mm. It's just, it's just madness. You know, just, you just wouldn't want to be in that situation. And I think, you know, that's that's the, those are the situations that the the pre-contract agreement brings up. That it's. It's, it, I get it if it's you know if you're signing you know cross border or different league or whatever there, yeah. but not when you're in the same league. It's, there should, there's got to be some kind of nuance there that they can figure it out that that's not the case. The madness of football, but we love it here in Glasgow Zone and uh, Go Radio. We're here till seven tonight. It's Davy Proven, Richard Foster, and me, Paul Cooney. And your calls on 0808 17 17 700. We'll take calls shortly. Loads in the go today. What about the news that uh, Nottingham Forest uh, fancy Shane Duffy on loan? It's Chris Hutton that's there. Of course, he knows him from his days at Brighton. Davy, could you see that happening or could Celtic afford to lose him given that Julian's out? They yeah, probably need Duffy. Yeah. Um, I, I think Shane Duffy uh, did not come cheaply. Apparently, he's, he's on. £40,000 a week or thereabouts it may be that Celtic have privately conceded that the title has gone in which case it would make sense for Shane Duffy to to leave it's a signing that I applauded at the time I thought it would be absolutely perfect for Neil Lennon but it hasn't worked out Richard? Yeah I think I agree it's not worked out at all I think they would be better off letting him move on if if possible I think he's he's a good you know normally defends his box quite well winning headers blocks and tackles but it's Celtic he's asked to defend in a halfway line and it's just it's not his game he gets caught out of position he doesn't have the pace to recover um, and I think it's it's been tough for him you know obviously as kind of childhood Celtic fan what to play for Celtic and stuff so it's it's probably been a tough time for him as well but um, I think yeah I think it's probably time that he can the league's done there's no point keeping him if you don't need to especially when you're paying that level of wage all right, Celtic fans, what do you think? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And Rangers fans have been very measured on this uh, programme because they're just saying, no, we'll wait and see until it's mathematically impossible to lose it. But they wouldn't. I mean, I said last night to Leanne Crichton and also to Barry Ferguson, I mean, this would be the biggest collapse ever and it would be 
it's catastrophic for Steven Gerrard's career, Richard, if if he now lost the title. It would be. It would be. But it's, it's not going to happen. No, but, it's yeah. not. But it, it, it brings up a memory of, of the last time, obviously, Rangers won the league. I was sitting on the bench beside Lee McCulloch. And, you know, 1-0 up after minutes. He's like, oh, we need another one. 2-0 up. 3-0 up after seven minutes. And he's still going... We need another one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'd be like, Jake, it's, it's all right. I think yeah. I think we're going to be okay. No, no, we need one more. We need one more. What was the final score? I think we won five one in the end. Yeah. But we conceded right before half time and we went into the, and that's the angriest Where I've seen. Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. So we went in at three one from Kyle a sloppy to score yeah, yeah. Um, sloppy free kick and that's the angriest I've seen Watersmith at half time in that game. Really, one was and three one. Yeah, it yeah. was, and that's just I suppose the measure of like you know a man who's won so much and had so much success that he knows what it takes to get over the line. And he was just determined not to let his players be complacent. Obviously, they weren't, and they won the second half 2 0. So. Hairdryer moment, but uh, it was. He actually had a, a wooden hanger in his hand, <laughs> and he, he nearly destroyed the, the, the physio bench that was in the middle of the room. But best was, ma- best was, manager you ever played under? Walter, yeah, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I think just is. He's the kind of guy who comes into a room and just kind of has a presence about him. Yeah. And you know, when he he starts talking, everyone shuts up and listens. Um, and you know, it, it's out of respect for what he's done in the game. But he was he was great with me personally, kind of man management as well. And obviously, his understanding of the game is probably second to none in Scotland. Is that your highlight in, in your career, winning that? Yeah, um, you know, I, that season was 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 mental. Going on loan from Aberdeen to Rangers is, just doesn't happen. Um, How did it, it happen? Don't know. Yeah. I just I think I think Mark McGee was a manager at Aberdeen at the time, and I think we'd probably fallen out. That's I tend to do yeah, that with most of the But he, I think he I think Rangers had contacted them in the summer to to try and get me there permanently. But Stuart Milne didn't want to do business, and then Mark McGee contacted them and says, "Look, we'll give you Foster and we'll take Belichka." And, and Watersmith was like great because we try to get him in the summer and, and Valichka doesn't play and he's never fit so um, it worked out great for me I managed to play in the Champions League Europa League win the league got a league winner's medal Did you play against Aberdeen and Pataudry? Um no, no I wasn't because I was a season long loan so I wasn't allowed to Oh right okay yeah. um, I've been back since and it's you know they give me a really warm res- uh, reception yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should. Yeah. Should. you played so many games for Aberdeen 200 or 300 games I think 276 there we are wow. yeah um, uh-huh. and I was when I went yeah. back from my loan spell I was captain for, for six months which was yeah. you know one of the you know another proud moment in my career 26 being the captain of a club like Aberdeen was, was great um, you know a lot of Aberdeen fans have forgotten that <laughs> um, but you know when you, you play for Aberdeen you're from the north of Scotland and then you move yeah. to Rangers there's not usually a way back for you after that yeah. it's also got it's own identity Aberdeen because it's a one club city isn't it yeah I think that makes it even more special the club that it's. I, th- I don't think people realise before they go there the size of the club and then I, you know I've realised since leaving there how well run a club it is you know you, you go to other clubs you go down to England and they're nowhere near the size and the stature of Aberdeen yeah. and I think you know we, we hear constantly from England how poor the Scottish league is but the clubs up here are run much better Okay quick break and then we're back that's Richard Foster Davy Proven and me Paul Cooney here on Go Radio The Go Radio Football Show Let's go Monday to Friday Paul Cooney standing in for Rob McLean he's fine he'll be back in a couple of days nothing to worry about nothing to see here but Rob we're looking forward to (laughs) (laughs) he was having a hot bath there but he's feeling absolutely fine get well soon Rob that was a couple of hours ago if he's still there there's a problem (laughs) no he'll be fine Rob we look forward to you back in the studio in the next few days and tomorrow night Friday's edition it's Cy Ferry and Barry Ferguson David you're enjoying the crack aren't you we loved it on uh, yeah on film day yeah yeah. first time I'd worked with uh, Barry I don't know Barry at all well 
But uh, yeah, really enjoyed the crack. Good it's, stuff. It's great, Richard. We see you all over the years and all the different generations and uh, bringing them together on Go Radio because we, you know, we see you on the telly, we see you play over the years. Um, I was just asking you during the break and you're going to tell us shortly, not yet, but uh, the best player you played against. And it's a, it's a world superstar, Davey, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Against. Yeah. But uh, we've got a, uh, Andy on the line now, a Rangers fan who's called in. Remember, we're on the socials as well at Go Football Show. Andy, good evening. Hi, how you going on? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, not too bad. Good. Keeping well on this uh, COVID, COVID-free? I'm trying to get the head down. Yep. So, Andy, what's in your mind? Uh, just a quick one about the little statement yesterday. A um, couple of different things on it. The first one being his apology was very limited. He specifically apologised to, to the Celtic fans. He said he didn't apologise to the public as a whole, which I felt was an uh, oversight on his part. The second thing would be um, when he was... Um, oh, goodness, it's going to mind what I was going to say now. All right, we'll take the first point then. Davey, what about that? I heard some people last night saying that later on after we were on air. Um, he only apologised to the... He mentioned the Celtic fans in, in the statement. I, I think he quite specifically narrowed his apology to the Celtic support because you can bet that... That uh, apology was was pretty well rehearsed and well scripted, Paul. So Peter Lowell, uh, Andy said it was an oversight. I, I don't think it was. I think he was being very specific here. He feels he owes the Celtic supporters an apology because it turned out a PR disaster, and of course the the byproduct of that was was COVID in the camp, which co- arguably cost him two points against Hibs. That's why he was apologising to the Celtic support, but he went on at some length to try and justify the the reasons for going to Dubai. Let's hear uh, the section that refers to the Celtic support. And for our supporters and our community, we really got to stick together. We've got to be united and we've got to face these challenges together. We've got to keep fighting. We will keep fighting uh, over the coming months and put the club in a position that we can maximise the potential and take this magnificent football club as far as we possibly can. Richard, what do you feel? He fronted up last night. He couldn't have been easy, but it but it had to be done. What what's your reflection on it? Again, you know, I said it earlier. I think it should have been done sooner. Mm. Um, I think he, you know, later on in the statement or previously in the statement, he, he talks about Celtic being one of the most harshly, you know, affected yeah. um, by the the pandemic. Which, you know, myself as a Thistle player is just not true. Um, you know, financially, of course, yes, we get that, but there are so many other implications that he kind of glosses over. Um, I think he's he's probably just trying to keep the Celtic fans inside because I think the biggest thing we all know how you know football works in Glasgow with the, with the big two clubs, but yeah. the biggest thing here is there was a lot of Celtic fans that were really really annoyed with mm. what's going on and, and them going to Dubai. So I think he was trying to get them on side because first and foremost they've got to be his, his main concern because you know they help you know fund the club that, he, that he running, he's running at the moment. David, do you have any issue with that? The fact he said we're basically apologising to the Celtic fans? Um, I've got to say, Paul, I I understand why Celtic took the trip on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'm probably in a minority. Um, But, you know, elite sport is given an exemption. And I I don't think you can blame Celtic for, for taking that opportunity. Celtic would have assumed, they would have to have assumed that they could go and win at Ibrooks go to Dubai and hope it jump-started their season the way it has in the past. Now, obviously, it's turned into a complete shambles given some of the the pictures we saw, the, the manager and the, the club captain sitting with beer, um, the COVID situation, it, it's been a complete disaster. But 
I, I don't think, in principle, there was anything that I, I can criticise about seeing that trip as being good for the football team. You know, in reflection, uh, looking back and looking with hindsight and um, looking at the outcome of, of the, the, the trip, clearly it was a mistake. And for that, um, I profoundly apologise to our supporters. Uh, we left here and the rationale for the camp was the, the very much the best intentions. Things have, haven't gone the way we wanted to and the outcome is clearly very regrettable. Andy, in your second point, I think it was about uh, Peter Lowell saying they're the worst affected club, is that right? Yeah, it was, it was. Um, yeah, well, he said he's one of the worst affected clubs, but um, I don't quite follow that either. With the, we've basically been gift-wrapped a title last season and the potential crack at the Champions League, it could have given him a 20, 30 million club, but obviously the sales short didn't make it. Um, moving back to the first point again, um, you mentioned not, not having a problem with going on the trip, but I don't really have a problem with that either. It's the conduct of the people when they were on the trip that's the problem rather than the yeah, actual absolutely. going. All right. Yeah. Okay. What about this weekend then turning to Rangers? Because there's been so much about Celtic, but Rangers are, are, are not yet claiming the title. 21 points clear. Yes, yeah, Celtic have three games in hand, but you can hear the Celtic fans realise and think it's over. What about Rangers? Um, this weekend against Motherwell, have you any worries at all? No. Three points again, I think, this weekend, I would say. Um, I would say the title's pretty much in the bag. There's not many people coming out and saying it, but there you go. Yep. And the only thing I'd say you said there that was gift wrap for Celtic last year, Rangers collapsed this time last year. Rangers had the title in their sights. It would have been quite a race with Celtic. But after Dubai last year... Rangers collapsed and it was looking terrible for Stephen Gerrard and in some ways with you know when COVID when the game stopped Rangers remember the Hamilton Ackes result Richard and the rest you know some Rangers fans forget that I'm pretty sure neither Rangers or Celtic will be going to Dubai next year <laughs> exactly sure. it's off the list isn't it because yeah. both clubs um, have had disasters going I don't you know what happened you know they, they go off that on the back of the, the old firm victory um, having played really well and then maybe 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 the pressure got too much for him. Maybe they thought it was, you know, this is it. We're going to do it. Um, and and didn't fully appreciate what it takes to win a league. Mm -hmm. um, but they've been they're different this year. There's no one. They've not came out and said what they're going to do. They're not said who who they're going to beat and how many they're going to win by. They just keep in, going into every game, be as professional as possible. And for the most part this season, they've they've been exceptional. Yeah. Um, and. You know, no one's going to catch them at this point. They, they've reinvented themselves, and you know, for Andy saying that the, the title was gift wrapped for Celtic, it was gift wrapped by Rangers. Rangers collapsed last season. There are different. No gift wrapped by the SFA. Well, yeah, but you know, on the on the forum at the time and the the, the points differential, Andy, uh, there, there is no way on that forum that Rangers were going to catch Celtic. And. Andy, the weekend, how pleased were you to see your striker, Morellas, back on form? Almost like before. Oh, very, happy, very happy for Alfredo to get back on the, on the scoring sheet. Um, we've been quite fortunate this year. Strikers have all been playing well, as well as other, as other players. We've been getting the goals to Vernier, for instance. Yeah, the team's been... been can't, can't fault them at all, really. Yeah. And hopefully you'll be back. Well, it's going to be a while before we're back in the ground. Do you think you'll be back this season? I won't be. I stay far too far away to be making the trip down to Glasgow on a regular that, basis. Is that Inverness we hear there? Yep, Inverness. Yeah. 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 All right, Andy, listen, thanks very much for calling us. 
Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So Andy there um, making his point. Davey? Yeah, big Rangers fan. I mean, I was just going to ask uh, Richard, you were talking about, you know, your association with Aberdeen and, and it, you know, being a one-club city. Do a lot of old firm supporters leave Aberdeen on, on, a, on a Saturday to head for Glasgow? Yeah, I think I think there are. Yeah, I think yeah. if you if you look at the size of of Aberdeen and the population, you know, a lot of the time they're only getting nine ten thousand fans in um, when it holds twenty. Um, they've got a big enough population in that city that should be filling it. But I think I think they do still lose fans to the old firm, which is you know, you know Aberdeen are a big enough club, like you said, to command their own fans. You know, if you're from Aberdeen, you know if if you're Born and bred in Aberdeen, you should be an Aberdeen fan, in my opinion. You should you should try and support the team that's local to you. Ironic because when I was younger, I lived in Elgin and thought I was a Rangers fan, yeah. you know. Um, but these are the things that. You, but looking at it now, you think, why not go out and support your your kind of local mm-hmm. team, especially like they say with the one the size of Aberdeen. It's not, you know, it's Aberdeen should be a club that are, should have success. They should be playing well it should be a good team to watch so I can't see why you'd be in Aberdeen and, and yeah. want to support the old firm yep. it's, it's a shame that you know I'm from the tail of the bank and for years I used to watch the old firm supporters buses driving past Capital on their way to, to Glasgow yeah. and it, you know it is a shame but listen it's, it's not going to change is it it's, and it's the lure of the, the, the you yeah. know the big two two are the biggest yeah. clubs with the huge fan bases playing in Scotland which is uh, obviously a, a small population compared to England or if they're in Germany or Spain or whatever but it's uh, it's where we are and where we enjoy it and um, what about uh, I teased it earlier on Gary Holt back in football uh, and it's Falkirk he's going to be sporting director Davey I know you were surprised uh, you know when he left Livingston what do you think of Gary moving to Falkirk as sporting director yeah I, I, I don't think it made any any sense uh, Gary's departure from Livingston I think there probably was more going on behind the scenes and I'm only guessing here but it had been suggested that Gary didn't have the control and that David Martindale um, who's done brilliantly mm-hmm. since he's taken full control was um, was actually the, the, the man who was more or less in charge but I'm delighted to see Gary Holt back in the game um, he's a bit too young to be a director of football for me he's got, he's got more to offer than that Richard? I agree I, I mean I don't I'm I'm quite naive when it comes to what the, the director of football actually does. You know, it, will he be involved in bringing in players to Falkirk? When, when then, if that's the case, then I can go, yeah, well, I get it, because he's young enough to be in touch with the game. He's been a manager recently. He'll have contacts that way. Um, but it's just, maybe maybe he just wants to be involved in football and not have the pressure of, of management. Um, I don't know. I don't know his reasons for, for living, uh, leaving Livingston. I think he just believed that the time was right, or, or that's what, what he told everyone. So... It's it's interesting that you would leave a club as a manager and then go back into football so quickly. I think if you if you, if you wanted to leave as a manager, you'd probably go right. I'm going to have a bit of time off and, and and take stock. Or maybe he's done that and he's just done it very very quickly. But you know, great for him to be back in football. Um, it'll be a good addition to the Falkirk management team. Uh, you know, management of the club, management of the, of the players. But like I say, I'm not entirely sure what that role will entail at Falkirk. I, th- I think it's a good move for Falkirk because Gary, you know, was. Was quite a spent quite a bit of time at Norwich, whose recruitment is first class. Yeah. So you know, Gary will have contacts, um, both in terms of you know of of agents and scouts that um, hopefully Falkirk can benefit from. And what can we say about Livy under David Martindale that we haven't said before? Six wins in a row in the league, eight in total on the spin, and uh, they'd be disappointed to you know not get the match going ahead last night. 
what's the thing, David Martindale, you, you know him. Um, surely he is going to be confirmed as the manager. You heard what Davey said on here a few weeks ago. I won't rehearse it again tonight. I said it yesterday. The uh, SFA rolled out the carpet for a convicted felon. It was uh, Mike Tyson when he came to Hamden. So surely they're going to, David Martindale has repented, he's reformed. It's a long time ago. Is he going to be the full-time manager? I would hope so. Yeah. You know, the, the way they're playing at the moment, he certainly deserves his chance. I think, what is the point in having a system in place, you know, a, a rehabilitation system, if someone then commits a crime and then that's him just cast aside forever? You know, he's he's paid his dues, he's, he's been open, he's been honest about where he was at the time when he when he got himself involved in, in, in crime and the reasons behind it, he's... He's been open about what he's done since then and how he's kind of dragged himself back to where he is now. So he actually deserves a lot of credit. And if you look at other people that are maybe in a similar situation to where he was, you know, a few years ago, they can maybe look at him as an inspiration and go, right, well, he wasn't discarded because he'd, he'd committed a crime. Um, he was given another opportunity and so far he's, he's taken that opportunity. Championship Manager of the Month. Do you know who it is? Well, I'll tell you. It's Robbie Nielsen. And Player of the Month, Former Char- Rangers player Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. That, did yeah. did you, oh, you saw it, right? So Charlie Adam, who has he's loving it. I think at Dundee, isn't he? He certainly seems to be. I yeah. think um, he's got great quality. We all know that. Um, great left foot. Um, I'm, I'm friends with Liam Fontaine, who's certainly he's went there as well, and he's certainly enjoying Charlie's delivery at set pieces and uh, corners and stuff. I think he's, Liam's got four goals now, so um, he does bring a lot of quality to that side. Um, it's just, I suppose, for Dundee getting the balance with maybe getting a couple of younger players in beside them that will give them the legs in midfield. That's that's one of the few mistakes that Walter Smith made, allowing Charlie Adam to go. I think it was five hundred grand he went to Blackpool, mm. and I think I think Walter had been playing him right of a four-man midfield. But I mean, if you look at what he, he achieved, ending up at, at Liverpool, Liverpool um, you know he could have done Rangers some ton. Yep, that's true. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like we say, we um, he's he's certainly playing below the level that we know he's capable yeah. of. Yeah, but. He's back in his hometown. He's obviously enjoying football at the moment. He's obviously happy at the moment, and that you know that goes a long way. Richard Foster with us tonight, along with Davy Proven. Give us some of the best players you played against, then, Richard. Who would you um, say? Played against Atletico Madrid for Aberdeen. Aguero was playing. Um, he came off at half time, I think. Um, for Samou, who I played against directly. Yep. Um, Champions League debut, I played against Juan Mata. Uh-huh. Um, how good was uh, Aguero? I know you went right up against him, but what, what do you remember about that game? I can remember actually the guy who was playing left back at the time. I was playing. I was actually playing left midfield at the start of the game, and I think Aguero had a chance really early on. And I can just remember looking at this, and the guy he's just looking around as if, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> he was like, I looked at him, and he was stood on my left hand side. The next thing he's having a shot, your goal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the timing of the movement and the speed at which they move, and you can. When you play against these top players, you know that they are ahead of you. You know that their mind just works that fraction a bit quicker, and they've got the ability to then to use that, you know, um, to hurt you. And it's it's yeah. it's quite um, grounding to play against the top players sometimes, especially when they're that far ahead of you. Who who was Mata playing with Valencia? Valencia, yeah. yeah he right. played on the kind of the, um, I think he played on the the left, and I played kind of right wing back essentially. Um, so how was good that, was he? Sorry, that yeah. was a fabulous Valencia side, wasn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, um, he was in terms of technical ability. He was he was great. Um, you know, he take the ball in. He's great first touch. I think one one of my biggest assets is my pace. So in that respect, I probably had his number. Um, so I actually played really well that night. It was my first. I think it was just adrenaline. It was the first Champions <laughs> League game, and uh, 
you know, so it was kind of a f- uh, flying pretty high. But no, he was he was really good. I think in Scotland, I would certainly say that the direct opponent, um, the best I played against was probably Nakamura. Yeah, right, um, okay. He was yeah. he was exceptional. Um, I don't think I don't know how well he spoke English, but he never shouted for the ball. But his movement was great. His first touch was was incredible. But he never used to. You would get beside him, and you know you'd be heavy breathing. You'd be like, right, don't move. And nothing, just silence. No, even breathing, breathing heavy. Nothing, just so. It was almost like he was just serene. And it was like you're looking at him, thinking, I can hardly stand up here. <laughs> just stood beside me as if you're out for a walk in the in the park. Amazing, loving it. We're going to hear more from Richard and Davy next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. This time last night we were breaking the Celtic story. Peter Lawwell up before the camera and saying look we got it wrong and he apologised to the Celtic supporters and uh, well to everyone really but it was for the Celtic supporters and this is some of what he was saying this time last night I do understand how people people are questioning the decision to go I mean this club operates in the values and standards we have in terms of integrity respect and humility are there these traditions and values and standards the clubs have been developed over the years and we have any compromise in this and again looking at the pandemic I think it's fair to say that we've done an awful lot as a club and the attitude that we have to it I think has been responsible in terms of a record, in terms of how we've been protecting our, our people. So I think it's unfair and I'd like to reassure our supporters that the club that they believe they have is here. We have made a mistake you know, and we apologise for that but the club that they, that they would like to have and have had is here. Liam, a Celtic fan is on the line. Liam, good evening. Hello, good evening. Hi, thanks for calling Go Radio. So, what do you feel uh, about what Peter Lowell was saying last night? I mean, I think it's it's what every supporter has been waiting for ever since the Dubai trip started. Um, I don't think anybody can agree with it. As much as it has helped us in the past, it's just not the right time to go out on a trip like that uh, due to circumstances. But I do think Lowell coming out, apologising, saying they made a mistake, I think uh, he's done very well there. I think I don't think he's the only one that should have came out I think Dermot Desmond I know that's my biggest problem but I still give respect to Lowell for coming out and apologising to the fans Yeah, I mean you've got the chief executive there saying it should there have been more people David did you feel coming out? He he, he should have been out far quicker than he was I mean it was left to John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan after the Hibs game to field questions that should have had Peter Lowell um, answering um, and some of the emotive stuff at the end, I'm sorry, you know, this great club, and we know it's a great club, um, this this board of directors. And, you know, Dubai's a sideshow, and the bigger picture, th- this board has taken Celtic from Seville in... 2003. 2003 yep. to a stage where they're they're losing to teams like Cluj, Ferns, Varis, Maribor, AK Athens, clubs that are not uh, in the same ballpark as Celtic financially. And that's where the Celtic supporters, for me, have to look. Look beyond Dubai and ask yourself why in the first couple of weeks in January, the team is out of the Champions League, the Europa League, the Betfred Cup and the title race. And the blame, I'm afraid, lies with Peter Lowell and his fellow directors. Liam? I, I, I agree. Like, I, I, we were quite surprised how long it took him to actually come out and apologise. I mean, as a human being... You see what's going on. Like this has been like a year of absolute chaos, and for 
the, the club still decide to take the team to Dubai is just mind-blowing. I mean, Christopher Julian went with him for a supposedly rehab. The guy's injured, and he's the only one that walked out that came back and tested positive for COVID, which now affected 13 other players and staff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get the mindset of the club right now. I mean, it could hardly have been worse when they they came back. They had, um, you know, the COVID test, which uh, went uh, wrong, uh, and he tested positive and 13 out on Monday night that that's that, that's unheard of really isn't it that uh, a game going ahead without 13 of your the first team squad Richard that must have been a real moment of crisis for Celtic and you can hear it from the fans they wanted to hear an apology earlier yeah I think I think the only reason the game went ahead was because of the situation you know the, the, the chaos before it the, the going to Dubai and all that because most other teams I, I mean I know I appreciate Celtic have got a, a, a big squad but I think you know, this game was moved to accommodate Celtic in the first place against Hibbs wishes. Um, it was then, obviously, they've had to thirteen players weren't there. I think Hibbs asked for more testing, um, but I think the only reason this game went ahead was because of what happened previously. If they had came back from Dubai, which everyone agrees was a stupid trip, um, with a positive case, and then what had the game postponed because of you know a COVID outbreak, then you know. The chaos would have would have been even more, even greater than it is. I think they've kind of stemmed that a little bit by playing the game, um, and Peter Law will eventually coming out and apologising. But clearly, um, Celtic fans are not happy. In, in fairness to the SPFL, and it's not often I'm in agreement with them, but I think they were right to resist Hibbs' request for retesting. Why? Because well, clubs all over the country have have COVID cases, positive COVID cases. They have players who have to self-isolate. I mean, if this is going to become the normal, that a team can say, we're not going to play the game unless they're retested. Where, where, where do we go from there? It's making legislation on the hoof then, isn't it? Every game could be in question if there's any any suggestion of COVID in the camp. Richard, you were making a good point before we came on here. Nobody's really in a bubble in football at all. And there was one sport that is. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I spoke on the, the radio previously to, to Jason Leach and... and I was under the impression that football wasn't a bubble, but he told me that the only genuine football bubble is Formula One. Now, it's quite common for the families of the drivers to travel with them anyway, so it was easy for them to enclose that bubble. Um, and I think when they go to venues, they don't leave, they don't leave hotels, they don't leave to go anywhere to do shopping, anything. They are in a complete bubble. I think with golf, um, once a tournament starts, you're tested before you go in and then you do not leave your hotel and um, you do not leave the grounds. So I think th- to say that football's in a bubble when most football players have partners who go out to work, who come and go. Um, and, you know, we go we go to shops. I know the Premiership teams want you to limit going to shops, but I have a child who lives, you know, 200 miles away. So th- these are all factors that have to be taken into consideration in football. But that's these are the factors that also mean that we're not actually in a bubble. So to, to talk about bubbles is almost misleading because we ne- still need to adhere to the rules that the public need to adhere to because we are not in a, in a sporting bubble. Liam, where do you think the club goes from now? You've got uh, you know Livingston at the weekend. That's obviously in the really short term. What happens with uh, Neil Lennon, who's had such an amazing career? But is it time for change? What do you feel as a Celtic fan? For me, definitely, it is a time for changing up. It's not just Lennon. I mean, for me, it's John Kennedy. For me, Desmond Watts. I know he's put a lot of money into the club and we've had so much success, but for me, he's ignoring the fans. He's not listening. 
um, maybe maybe that the announcement last night was a cup decision. Maybe it was just Lawwell that said, right, it's time to apologise, we've done wrong. But for me, it's a whole new rebuild. It's the players that have supposedly said they don't want to be here, let them go. Celtic is a club that needs to have players. I mean, you see the saying, like, the shirt doesn't fit in three of players, you know? It's like, we're a club that has passionate players. I like Kieran Tierney, Scott Brown, mm-hmm. as much as he's been getting grief. Yep. Uh, you must like the look of uh, David Turnbull. David Turnbull, for me, is magic. I mean, ever since he stepped into that first team, he's produced assist goals, the set pieces, mm-hmm. everything we needed in that club. Richard, how good is he going to be? Have you played against him? Uh, I think I have. I think um, Again, he's, he's he's similar. We discussed uh, Scott right before. He's similar, you know. Um, great engine, works box to box. But he's just he's so calm and composed when he gets into those vital. I think I've seen a compilation of his goals, and at no point is he slashing at anything. It's always take a composed touch, roll it in the corner. You know, he knows where the goal is. He can shoot from distance in the box. He's composed, and I think he could potentially be a very very important player for Celtic. Seems to be an old head, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems. You know, he's gone into a big club, which is never easy. Playing with some, you know, you know, kind of taking the place of Scott Brown almost, mm-hmm. um, which again is is is, is no mean feat. But he's gone in there and he's just kind of exuded confidence. But he's every right to be confident because he's got the ability to back it up. Did you feel it going from Aberdeen, a big club, probably number three in Scotland, but going to Rangers? What's the difference? Um, the mindset and the work ethic. I was I was shocked at how fit. I know this sounds strange, but you just you just assume that the Rangers and Celtic players are better. You know, you, technically they're better, but I can be and I I could be as fit as them. But you find that they just seem to have that extra gear, that extra level. Um, and then you know the time the first time I was at Rangers, just that winning mentality that you know it is it becomes like a habit. You win games, you win games, you win games, and and Rangers are doing it this season as well. Um, and it's very very difficult for for teams to break that down and, and break that spirit Davey it's a major rebuild for Celtic now isn't it you know and we, oh. we talked about David Turnbull we could speak about Sorrow there's other ones but it is a, a yeah. root and branch change it, it was time to change anyway what, even if they'd won the 10 it, it's the end of an era isn't it completely if you look at the, the squad as it stands um, Laxal Duffy El Yunusi will go back to their parent club Edward and Insham will probably be sold Scott Brown is winding down um, it's a complete reforest refurbishment that is required and it'll be interesting to see because I honestly don't believe Neil Lennon will will be the manager beyond this summer it'll be interesting to see who's responsible for the rebuild because it has to start now and Nicky Hammond I'm afraid has been far from impressive yeah you you mentioned Sorrow and and Turnbull but for everyone that he's, he's, he's done well with, there, there have been one or two who who just not measured up at all. The uh, Yetis, the Klamalas, and of course you're always judged Barkas. in this city in Barkas. Yeah, I mean the goalkeeping situation has been, well, I've not been on the programme with you, Richard. That It kind of started around then, not, not didn't start then, but it was clear for Craig Gordon to go and uh, Barkas coming in and then for... Uh, yeah, I think it, Craig Gordon's, I don't, I don't see the logic behind getting rid of a goalkeeper like Craig Gordon. When... You know, he's yes, I think obviously the discrepancies in terms of his wages, but he, he wouldn't have been one of your highest earners. Yeah. You know, um, you, you could have put together a package that would have suited them. Um, and, you know, I think then on the back of that, to have, I mean, you don't really know who the number one goalkeeper is at the moment mm. um, because none of them seem to be taking that shirt on. Who would be for you? 
Um, it's Celtic right now. Yeah, I know it has to be. It's uh, Connor Hazard this weekend, isn't it? Because of yeah. COVID. Um, I think Hazard's done okay when he's come in. Um, I think it's been a while since Scott Baines played, but he's he done okay when he came in. But none of the three of them, I don't think, have that command and presence of a Craig Gordon, who, by by all by contrast, is having an excellent season in the Championship with Hearts. But that that was that was down to Celtic scrimping. The same scrimping that cost them the signature of John McGinn. And I'm sorry, that lands at Peter Lowell's door all day long. He he has to accept responsibility for that. They could have given Craig Craig Gordon. I, I don't know what he was looking for. And, and Richard's right, he wouldn't be no, he wouldn't have been looking for the, the type of wages. Been the same as a, a five million pound goalkeeper. Yeah. Well, give him a rise in his wages and save five million on Barkas, who I, I just don't see it in him. I, I don't know whether if it was Nicky Hammond who identified Barkas, then I'd love him to explain to me what he saw in him. Maybe we'll find out soon. In the next hour, we're going to hear from Richard. He said Nakamura, one of the best Celtic players you played against. It wasn't in that context. But who's the best Rangers player you played against? That's coming up next. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. So we're just a couple of days away from getting back to the football and we just hope the football can go on and on. We feel for the lower divisions, the first division, second division, Highland League, Lowland League and the women's game as well. Richard Foster of Partick Thistle, the former Rangers and Aberdeen star is with us and the former Celtic and Kilmarnock star Davy Proven is with us. 0808 17 17 700, you can call us. I see last night there's a Mourinho and a Scott Parker uh, sort of hugging in the way out last yeah. night to the match and Scott Parker not happy the game was on but it ended up 1-1 I was absolutely delighted yeah. at, the, at the end wasn't it um, Scott Parker must have played for Mourinho when he was at Chelsea surely I think he did. Aye, yeah, I think Scott yeah, Parker. Yeah. His first spell. I think so. Yeah, Scott Parker was yeah. there. Yeah, but it just shows you in football you never know what's going to happen. Well, yeah. that, that's the thing. You know, on paper it's probably a game. Yeah, you you want off, but um, they go there, they get a point that. It could be crucial to them coming into the, the season, so um, it it turned out well in the end, I suppose. Richard, how much are you missing playing? Yeah, it's um, first and foremost, I think everyone who's back playing is is missing playing with fans. We all agree that. Even I get pelters from most fans, but still, it's, <laughs> sometimes it's quite nice. But um, but no, it's um, now that we've got another three week furlough, it's just it's just a stuttering season and. Um, it's just not ideal and, and you just want to be back and you want to be in training with the lads and you want to kind of get involved in that and now we need to remove ourselves from it again. Um, so it's going to be a tough couple of weeks but, you know, it's in terms of what's going on in, in the greater greater yeah. scheme of things, it's it's a it's a minuscule problem but it's it's my problem at the moment so I, I can lament the fact that I'm not getting any football. They, they are not easy to please in the Jackie Husband stand, are they? <laughs> um, no, there's... Um, I'm sure that they congregate sometimes up the top um, behind the pitch <laughs> socially distanced of course yeah. and I'm pretty sure I got abuse from the Thistle fans when I went to take a, a penalty in the shootout against Morton no. a couple of weeks ago and I'm thinking to myself what 
in God's name have I done <laughs> yeah. to the Party Thistle fans in my career <laughs> but I don't you know it's um, that's football I tell us you scored I yeah. did score the penalty yes yeah. so that's, that's me now uh, two out of three in penalty shootouts and we used to get Pelters broadcasting from oh, the Jackie yeah, husband yeah. stand it wasn't even safe to broadcast <laughs> <laughs> it was murder and that was just wee Bertie shouting oh. up at you <laughs> marvellous uh, Cammy, a Rangers fan is on the line hi Cammy. hi guys how you doing I would good thanks how are you yeah I'm good I'm well I'm well Good. What's in your mind tonight? I just, obviously the transfer window is now open, and I just want to ask the lads if they think that Rangers are on best, and if so, what areas of the pitch? What do you feel yourself, Cammy? What do you reckon? I'd like to see another player come in that's um, similar to Joe Rebo, a midfielder who's quite attack-minded and likes to take the ball forward. Because I think we've got a lot in the, in the defensive department with Ryan Jack. Stephen Davis, you could count Glenn Kamara and obviously Dungu in there as well. Davy, I think I think Scott Wright could do a very good job if Rangers can can get the deal done. Um, contract running down, it would make sense for for either party to to get some kind of deal done there. And I think Scott Wright is good enough to to do Stephen Gerrard a turn. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I've, I've spoke I've spoke at length about how you know how good I feel Scott Wright is. Um, having played against him, know it's his pace, his touch, his vision. Um, I think he would be he would be a great addition, and, he, and he's he's a clever enough player that he could just play at the, at the tip of that midfield, especially having, like when you, you mentioned there, Jack and Davis and, and Kamara behind him. Um, having those players, I think he could play um, and offer Rangers a real attacking threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were reports this morning that Rangers might be interested in the Brazilian-born midfielder uh, that he would be coming. Hamer, he's at uh, or Hammer down at Coventry. But Rangers, the word this afternoon is no, there is no interest in him joining the club. Um, what do you feel? I, it, it, things are going so well, Cammy. It's difficult to see uh, where Rangers could improve, apart from where Davy and, and Richard said there. Any other thoughts for Rangers for you? I feel they need to keep this consistency up and they can't let the after January thing that they've had going for the past two years affect them. It's not going to happen now, is it? I mean, because after the St Mirren defeat, that was when you th- maybe there could have been a problem. The Motherwell game was a tough one. 73 minutes in, you're a goal down, but you won. Yeah. They've got they've got that fighting, fighting spirit, the winning mentality this year that you need to win league titles. I don't think the last few weeks and especially in the Old Firm game they've been at their best mm-hmm. I think against Aberdeen that came back but the side of a winning, the side of a winning team is um, one that can get results when they're not playing their best mm-hmm. Yep Gustavo Hammer is that player mentioned from Coventry uh, so this weekend it's Motherwell uh, on Sunday the big match at lunchtime what do you think is going to happen Morel is back on form more goals you reckon? Hopefully, I've been wanting to see him back on form because I've came on here before and I've been very critical of him. But against Aberdeen, probably his best game of the season, and he's getting his goals back. And it was two brilliant finishes thrown for both of the goals. It, it was. We were talking just before we came on here. There's a possibility, Rangers, there's predictors, everyone's predicted these days, isn't it? And all the stats. So the stats are that Rangers could finish on 107 points, and that would be one better than Celtic's uh, record breaking 106 in 2016 17 under Brendan Rodgers. Do you think, Cammy, that you will get to that 107 points? Uh, I'd like to think so, but I'd take it game by game. Um, they're still two old firms left. I, I do think Rangers will slip up at one point in the league, 
And I think that will be against Celtic if they can carry on the confidence from their old firm performance. Mm-hmm. But we just need just need to keep our heads down and keep doing what they've been doing. I, I think St Myrne was a wake-up call and a lot of people disagreed with me yeah. because I, I suggested that they were better getting knocked out of the Betfred Cup than losing a league game. And I stand yeah, by, I sta- I, I, I stand by I that because I know Rangers are desperate to win a trophy but the league is all that matters this season. It's all that matters. And I think the Simon defeat was was a bit of a wake-up call. And if you look at how Rangers have responded, and I don't think they're at their best at the moment, but they keep winning, and that, that's all that counts. Richard Foster, what do you think? I, I completely agree. I think if we ask Cammy, if we ask any Rangers fan, do you want to win the Scottish Cup and the League Cup or the League, they'll all pick the League. Am I right, Cammy? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's, it's, so, you, so you're right. For, for them to get that wake-up call in a League Cup game, um, yes, disappointing that they're because they should have went on to win that tournament. But they didn't drop any points. But they didn't drop any yeah. points, and, the, and no doubt got to set in. Um, and, and obviously they then went on to beat Celtic, and they've beat a good Aberdeen t- team as well. So, And Cammy, you can probably enjoy the European run now as well, because if it had been neck and neck with Celtic, I, I reckon you would prefer to win the title here than win a European trophy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rangers, have got, I think they got the loss of the draw. I think that's a very good draw to get. I think they'll go through the next round and hopefully progress further. Who's your player of the season so far? I think it's quite obvious. Um, James Tavernier yeah. for me is a different class. But you could also count, I'd say James Tavernier and Conor Goldston were um, two of the most criticised Rangers players for the last two years. And this season they're both showing that they're two of the best. You could say Alan McGregor as well because he's been absolutely tremendous. But for me, James Tavernier. Richard, um, I, I was. I'm glad you mentioned McGregor because I was watching the. I was watching the game against Celtic, obviously, and yeah. you know the save he makes from Griffiths is is a game winning save. But people forget, you know, the last time Rangers won the league, he saved a penalty from Samas at Ibrox. We drew the game mm-hmm. 0-0 which then put us in the driving seat. We won the rest of the games. We won the league. So Alan McGregor makes big saves at big moments and he's he's done it again this season. I'd forgotten about that, the save against uh, Georges Samaras. Um, and it's just, yeah. you know, it just shows his quality because for so many of these games, especially this season, he's essentially a spectator. He's standing doing yeah. nothing and then he's called into action. I think we've seen it last week, the quick free kick from Aberdeen. He's not yeah. had much to do. It's another great save and that's what good goalkeepers do. Um, they make big saves at important moments. The, the only outfield player you would put up against Tavernier would be Scott Arfield for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been absolutely terrific. Um, great timing of the running into the box. And I also think he's a good type to have in your dressing room. So he committed. Is, yeah, he just looks like a right good pro. Mm-hmm. Um, for every club he's... he's Their dip in form could also be the fact that Scott Arfield's yeah, been, po- been possibly, missing Yeah, possibly, yeah, missed so. him. Yeah. yeah. So many players. And Ryan Kent, I'm not saying he's been the best, but what a player he is. And he looks back towards his best, Richard, would you say? And, and Yeah, I think definitely when he came up in the loan spell, I mean, I played against him directly and he's, he's very tough to play against. His movement's good. Can go either way, can he? Play, yeah, I mean, he takes corners with both feet. I I joked and said to him, like, what, what footed are you? And he just looked at me and laughed as if he didn't know either because <laughs> he's so good with both. Yeah. Um, and I think he's slowly getting back to that level where he just seemed to have this confidence that he knew he was going to create things, he knew he was going to score goals and, you know, as a defender playing against that level of opponent when he's got confidence, it's very, very tough for, for anyone in, in that league. 
Yeah, and Cammy, I guess the question will be when Rangers take the title, how long can they hold on to Steven Gerrard? Uh, there looks no prospect of him going to Liverpool in the short term. Uh, Klopp is there, you would imagine, for another few years at least. Is Are you worried that he might go to another club on the way, another stepping stone? Personally, I can't see him going to another Premier League club, to be honest. I can't see him wanting to play against Liverpool or um, put a team out against Liverpool. I can't see it. So I could only see the next club I'm going on to after Rangers would be Liverpool. Davey, what do you think? Um, I, I mean, you, you, the problem with management, it's all about timing. And you're right. I, I, don't, I don't think Klopp is, is going anywhere anytime soon. I think Klopp will be good for another two or three seasons. He said he's not going to be a Wenger or a Ferguson. He said he, he's no no way he's going to stay that kind of length of time. But I think he'll be good for another two or three seasons. And, you know, by which time Steven Gerrard will, will not be short of offers. And, you know, if he gets a good offer from an English Premier League club, not necessarily Liverpool, it'd be very hard to turn it down. It's true. The burn stuff, the best laid plans, you you can't tell, can you? No, and I think that it's different with managers. I mean, I don't, I think, you know, as players, yes, we want to move and we want to challenge ourselves at new levels, but I can't see the the interest, the, well, I can see the interest, it's financial, but yeah. I don't think players need to leave Rangers and Celtic because you're, you're paid well, you're winning things, you're playing European football. So see, see to, to leave a Celtic, and I know Van Dijk has went on to Liverpool, excellent, but if you're a player who leaves a Celtic, say, and goes to Southampton, with all respect to Southampton, and just remains there for a few years, what have you achieved? Oh yeah, we're 10th in the Premier League. As a player, I want to win things. So the financial game, however, as a manager, I think it's slightly different. Yes, you want to win things as a manager, but you also then, you know, he, he's a young manager, he probably wants to try his hand at different things and I, I agree I think yes he's a massive Liverpool fan but if you if you have a you know a Chelsea or, or a Tottenham come calling you know would he turn it down I, I'm not too sure he would or something like a Leicester you know Brendan Rodgers is there but he could yeah. end up somewhere else is it a club like that and if, if you look at the way that Leicester um, you know through the investment have reinvented themselves as, as a top six club you know, clubs are being bought in England. There's a huge amount of wealth going into to the Premier League in England. And who's to say that, that somebody won't come in and, and buy a Wolves or, or whatever and, you know, and, and turn them into an elite club? And, you know, there, there are so many, so many rich owners down there that I think could be very persuasive. I mean, Steven Gerrard, if, if he wins a league this season, he will never be short of a drink in, in Govan. He will never be forgotten by the Rangers supporters. But there's a life outside Glasgow and people have to realise that. Cammy, mm -hmm. we're going to ask Richard Foster now, his, uh, the best player, a Rangers player that he played against. Um, best player would probably be Barry Ferguson. Mm -hmm. I think playing a game, I've, I've actually had the, the unenviable job of having to man-mark him in a few games. Um, and he was just... He was just a, again. He was just at a different level. I think when you speak to you speak to like boys like Lee McCulloch and Davy Weir talking about him, having played with him, the way they talk about him and the kind of levels they put him in, they're they're talking about him in the same voice as Durant before he got injured and Gascoigne and that level of player, um, and and you know having seen it firsthand, having directly played against him, you know he's he's probably the toughest, the toughest and the best technically uh, technical Rangers player I've played against. I was fortunate enough to play with Paul, Mc, Paul McStay who was a fabulous player for Celtic and I would put Barry and Paul probably on the same the same benchmark mm -hmm. two terrific players yep. um, who 
And I'm, you know, I'm surprised that the Barry didn't get a bigger club in England. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Blackburn were a, were a, a small club at the time because uh, the legacy of Jack Walker was still there, yeah. but. Uh, you know, I, I thought Barry Ferguson could have could have played for a top six club, no problem. Yeah, I do. I certainly think it's it's players move from Scotland to England more freely now. I think than they did when when Barry was playing. I think, um, yeah, I agree. I think you know Blackburn were a, were a good club, but I, I think he was a better player than that, um, and he just never got the chance to show it at one of the top teams in England. Cammy, you'd be glad that he stayed uh, for so long. Two spells at Rangers. Barry Ferguson, yeah, yeah, great player. I'm actually I'm only sixteen, lad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's not there's not what? much of these Rangers legends that I've seen that people talk about. <laughs> the best player for me would be Alan McGregor because yeah. he's the one I've seen most of, or Stephen Davis. Wow, because it's 39 and 36 years old. You're 16. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. All right, Cammy. So, yeah. so Cammy, you, you're yeah. unlucky that you've had to sit through a, a lot of Celtic <laughs> dominance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this be, yeah, of course. Uh, do you remember ten years ago when uh, Rangers won the league? Richard was there. Not really. No. Not really. To be honest with you. So I've just seen. Yeah, it's not been good for me. It's oh. like the playoff you see Rangels, but Stephen Gerrard came out and gave us a massive spark. Yeah. So what's your scoreline this weekend? Then let's bring it back to now. Motherwell on Sunday. I'll go. I'll go four 0 Four 0 Rangels. Pretty confident for this one. 4-0 uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they, they could have confidence from um, their new manager Graham Alexander I know they got a draw in their first game but yeah. usually when a manager comes in it does give a team a wee bit of a spark sure yeah, it was never a penalty but yeah um, but 4-0 it could easily be you just don't know do you and Motherwell are an enigma this year because they're stacked with a couple of internationalists some really good players but they're, they're at the wrong end of the table yeah I think I um, don't know what's going on there they, they, they seem to lack the same energy um, that they had last season I think the midfield three and the front three were, were so dynamic and so quick especially in transition you know when they win the ball back um, and they just they've just fallen short of that this season coupled with the fact that they just lose far too many goals and they concede too many chances and I think you know obviously it was they've, they've changed the manager now I think Graham Alexander's probably a good fit for the job I think he's he's got a, a good uh, CV behind him in terms of uh, promotions and, and win ratios um, and I, I liked what he said when he came in he spoke about I'm going to play the best formation for the players I've got he's not come in here saying this is what I do and you'll fit my way he's went I'm going to pick the best formation for these players and I think that's that's almost a lost art that his philosophy is how do I win football games just mm. surprising that they lose so many goals you know with um, Stephen O'Donnell and, and Declan Gallagher on that back line yeah. um, not sure what the problem is and they don't have enough up front um, you know, I, I love Paul Worth um, who chips in now and again yeah. Tony Watt is mm. I, I thought was going to be a great signing but yeah. the numbers don't stack up with Tony yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I played with Tony and, and that's the thing he needs to he needs to bring to his game his goals Um but he's he's kind of bounced around a lot of clubs now. He's still relative, you know. He's still in his mid twenties, and he's had I think thirteen or fourteen clubs. So yep. he's, um, it's never really quite worked out from, um, and I think Neil Lennon was critical of him when he way back when he was at Celtic yeah. in terms of his attitude mm-hmm. and stuff. But he has all the ability there. I've I've seen it on a daily basis. He just has to try and transmit that onto the pitch. All right, coming up next: oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. More of your calls, Cammy. Thanks for calling us. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 16 years old. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.
winter of 2020-21 continues. Take care, take it easy if you're out and about. If you have to, then just uh, watch it tonight. You can watch tonight later after we come off air. Arsenal against Crystal Palace and everyone, Davey, is raving. We're talking earlier about you know great Scottish talent and uh, Kieran Tierney is becoming yeah. the, the number one. He's a favourite of the fans, isn't well, he now? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and they're talking about him already as, as being a future Arsenal captain. Mm-hmm. What an impact he's made. Terrible start he got with uh, bad injury. But, um, you know, he looks an absolute steal at 25 million now. Did you come up against him? Well, I know you did. Had, yeah. uh, he <laughs> yeah. would, you know, we were just chatting there about the best defenders I've played against. He would he would be up there. Um, not in, in terms of his defensive ability, but, you know, you, you just when you were trying to defend against him, because he's so powerful. Um, I can remember he came into the team and he was just a little skinny kid. Um, and you're looking at him thinking, right, he's got great talent. And then I think he got injured early and he came back and he'd obviously just been in the gym and his thighs were like yeah. like your waist and just the power he's got and the quality when he gets into good areas. And, and he's one of those guys that he gives you everything he's got every single game. So I can understand why the Arsenal fans love him because they'll be looking at their team going and a lot of the time they're going, these guys are no trying too hard but he's always one yeah. it does did you play with uh, Ryan Fraser at Aberdeen I played briefly with Ryan Fraser at yeah. Aberdeen yeah. You're, you're talking about you know players going into the gym Ryan Fraser <laughs> you know, a gust of wind could have blown him over at one time yeah. Look, see him now yeah. he's a little boxer he's, he's the, the way he's built and he's obviously bulked up deliberately and you know that's he's getting the rewards of that the dedication think, in the gym The way, they, they, obviously the way the game is it's you have to be an athlete especially down in England in the Premiership um, you know Ryan's always quick Bit like Ryan Kent, he's he's very two footed, um, technically very good. But but if there was ever going to be a question mark, it would be in size. But he's he's worked on that, and he, like you say, he's made yeah, himself big time. And now that he's so strong and he's got that low centre of gravity, he's actually very awkward for the big tall defenders to play against. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a part of the game, and and it's one that you know Ryan Fraser's done really well. Kieran Tierney's done it excellently well as well. And um, like I say, he's, when fans can see players who give everything they've got, there's you know. They always kind of want those guys in their team. And he keeps crossing the ball. Sorry, Sorry. Paul, it's, yeah. it's good to see you know the Scots going down there and succeeding because there's so much scepticism about players. You know, Richard was right. Van Dijk couldn't get a top six club. He had to go via Southampton. Wanyama was the same. Um, De Canio was the same. You know, and it's it's bizarre that the, the top clubs in England just don't trust the, the, the players in Scotland. No matter how good they are here, they well, still Kim have to is the... the, the yeah. I would still call Arsenal a top six club. I know they're struggling yeah, at the moment. But Kieran Tierney is one of the few who's gone to a top six club in England. But you, but you look at him now and, and what would he be worth now? Oh, he sold him for £25 million. 25 million. That yeah. was, what, a year and a half ago. How much do you think now, Richard? What, what would you say? I don't know. I mean, not that long ago, Man United were you know, paying, what, £90 million for Harry Maguire. And yeah, he's... Yeah. You know, he's probably coming onto a game now, but he kind of struggled for a while. Um, and I think... He, you're always going to get players in Scotland for less money because the clubs up here can't turn down those kind of offers, even Celtic. Um, but yeah, you know, you're you're probably looking at fifty, sixty million pounds worth of, of player now. Davy, I see Musa Dembele mentioning former uh, Celtic yeah. and Rangers players. So he went to Leon, as we know, and he's on his way to Atletico Madrid. But he's going on loan with an option to buy in the summer. Yeah, well, I mean, Diego Costa, I think, um, has left the club now. Bit of a dispute there. There's a surprise with Diego Costa, isn't it? But. Um, <laughs> Dembele, you know, if he does well, Atletico will, will obviously, there's obviously a, a price been agreed and there'll be a nice slice of it for, for Celtic. Over know. a million apparently, a million to a million and a half would come back to Celtic. Here is a Celtic fan, Ryan is on the line here in Glasgow's own uh, from Mary Hill. Ryan, good evening. 
Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Uh, good. How are Thanks. you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I just want to get your point on the Celtic debacle at the minute because it just seems to be... I mean, it just seems to be one thing after another with them. And it's as if you just... You couldn't make it up. Mm-hmm. So what would you do? You're a Celtic fan. What's the... What, where would you start? Well, I think we're 22 points behind in a one-and-a-half-horse race. So Neil Lennon should have went months ago. And the fact that he's still in a position just shows that the board clearly don't have the same ambition as the fans. And the fact that we've then sanctioned a trip that probably cost about 250 grand to Dubai to come back with COVID um, to then blame the pandemic on the state of the team and the club, I just think... I just think it should something should have been done months ago, mm-hmm. and the fact we let it linger this long is just it doesn't this the shows in a very good light. So Twenty one points in it, and actually the under 18s have gone into furlough today. Yeah. I understand. David, I mean, well. uh, Neil Lennon, I thought was the ideal guy to replace yeah. Brendan Rodgers because it was an awkward time. It was February. They needed somebody who knew the club, who knew the Scottish league, who knew the players, and Neil Lennon was ideal. the The, the problem was that Neil goes in, you know, wins the league. And obviously is going to be given another season after that. And, you know, one thing has led to the other. The, the bottom line is that Neil Lennon has never had the power and the leverage with Peter Lowell that Brendan Rodgers had. Brendan Rodgers w- was big enough and powerful enough to push back against Peter Lowell. Neil Lennon is very much the junior partner in that relationship. Similar to the Martin O'Neill days, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he- Brendan, Brendan Rodgers and Martin O'Neill. Yeah. Who, who would push back, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. That the Brendan Rodgers, it was the same kind yeah. of thing, wasn't it? Because Martin, you remember, Rangers were winning everything, and when he came in, Celtic made that massive, massive change, uh, and Martin and Neil they won the treble in the first year. Uh, but do you agree with that, Richard? Davey makes a good point that it was February. Remember, it's less than two years ago since Brendan Rodgers left, but the middle of the season, uh, and he got them playing well, and and they won a treble. Yeah, and I think he's you know he, he's done well since he came in. He certainly has done well since he came in, but I think it's now to the point where. They'll need someone else now to, to take them further. You know, we've heard there's been a lot of talk this season, which you don't usually hear from Celtic about players wanting to leave and wanting to move on and 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 being linked to other clubs, which is it just creates a disharmony within the squad. And it you know it's transpiring now onto the pitch. I think I'm not advocating for people for managers to lose their jobs, but I think if 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 something was to be done now or or in maybe the next month or so, it gives the new manager time to assess the squad he's got until the end of the season. And then by the t- time the summer comes, hopefully this pandemic has gone away and we're back to normal and and he can then start to build the squad he wants. Whereas if you wait till the end of the season, a new manager has, what, five, six weeks yeah. to, to, to learn what, what he's got, up to and, Champions League qualifiers, yeah. to learn what he's got, to, to identify targets. That's if Celtic finish second, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, so it makes it, is up for grabs. It makes it much more difficult, I think, the longer they wait. So I, I would agree with, um, with Ryan there that I'm surprised it hasn't been done already. Um, and I think it it might be done within the next couple of weeks. Wow, Davey, you think it's up for grabs the second spot for Hibs or Aberdeen? Well, well it, listening with with Celtic's current form, I mean, you would you would obviously fancy Celtic to to finish second, but um, you know the way they're playing at the moment, the atmosphere at the club, the mood at the club, um, you know, players wanting out. Um, I mean, Aberdeen and Hibs, particularly Aberdeen, would never have a better chance of, of finishing second. And for Neil Lennon, how should it be managed now? Because he uh, he's a Celtic legend. He's done so much and enjoyed yeah. so much success. So what would you do, Davey? You've got you know great insight. What, what should Celtic do now? Well, if, if they accept that the league title has gone, 
It's gone. I, I think they would say that Neil Lennon will will be there until the end of the season, and after that, somebody else will come in to replace him. And Neil Lennon has been a terrific servant for for, for Celtic. Deserves every penny of whatever is on his contract, but. The, the, I, I just don't see any way back for Neil Lennon the, this was the season where there was going to be a casualty either Stephen Gerrard or Neil Lennon yep. and Neil Lennon is, is going to pick up the bill for, for for Celtic's poor season but the recruitment has to be underway now surely for the I, new I manager I think so yeah I think so yeah. It's, what, it's what Richard's saying you can't bring a manager in, in, in at the end of May and ask them to you know put together a team for the Champions League qualifiers in you know mid-July Ryan do you agree with that? Um, I agree with, with most of it. I don't what I don't agree with Davey saying that Neil Lennon was the ideal man. I remember after the treble treble cup final, sitting we went back to the bus, the Ramseed bus, um, with the boys. I remember having a cup of cans or celebrating the treble treble at the back of the bus and the news comes over the radio that Neil Lennon's been offered the job and everybody just sat down, everybody was in disbelief. They killed the buzz then so so how could a group of boys from Mary Hill realise that this was never going to end well? Yet yeah, Peter Wall, who gets paid what he gets paid, no, no see it coming. Ryan, at the time, Ryan, when when Brendan left, who who would you have gone for that was available at the time? I think Neil Lennon was the easy option, and I think that's what stuck in Celtic fans' throat the most. That he was a guy who had made a mess of hubs for whatever reason had been sacked to Bolton and yet he was coming back so who, who I would have had there was, there was plenty of, we were linked with Rafa Benitez we were linked with I know as far-fetched as it might be Jose Mourinho but if that was the calibre that we're leaking to the press to then go and plump for a man who had just taken the dive at the back door of Hibs I think was a bit scandalous if I'm honest I think he did a lot of good work at Hibs and there's loads of players there but I take your point it wasn't the marquee signing that they were looking for so no, no he, he he wasn't, but he was somebody who knew the players, who yep. knew the club, who knew the league and knew yep. how to win. And he did win the Scottish Cup in the league after yep. he came in. Mm. And it was a no-win situation. You know, Brendan Rodgers left him an eight-point lead. Can you imagine he had lost that? And won the treble again the next year? Well, I, I just cast my mind back to the scenes at Tynecastle when Brendan Rodgers left for, for Leicester. The scenes at Tynecastle when Celtic were at Tynecastle that night. And there, I don't think there was any obvious candidate to come in at the time that could have been regarded as a safe pair of hands. Rafa Benitez and Jose Mourinho, people were dreaming when they thought they were in the frame. Mm-hmm. Rafa's contract over in China, and that's why he's there, is how much is he on? Is it... Um, it's not much you can 20, work out. I think it's 20 million a year. It's what they were saying. I heard them talking about it yesterday. It's just massive. But the Celtic fans will look and see there, Stephen Gerrard, you know, big, big name. Okay, he was unproven in management, but it attracts that attention to Scottish football and to Rangers. And Celtic feel, uh, who is it Celtic fans want to see a big signing? Any thoughts, Richard, on who it might be? Who is the young Brendan Rodgers coming through? Is there another Stephen Gerrard could come and... Uh, I think... Um What's talk about Jack Ross? Well, I was just about to say yeah. Jack Ross. I think he's he's he was talked about before. I think when the, the kind of disharmony when Lennon started, I think they spoke about Jack Ross. And if you look at his is is what he's done with Hibs and the way they play and what he tries to bring at Hibs, I think he would be the one you'd put in the category of the young and up and coming. I think is he a big enough is he a marquee enough signing? Well, is he a big enough name for the Celtic fans? Because 
you know, you're right with your Steven Gerrard. He's unproven as a manager, but he brings a lot of attention because yeah. of what he done as a and player. Players who want to come and it, play. Exactly. So, um, would the same calibre of player want to go and play for a Jack Ross? I think they probably would if they knew him and they worked with him mm, before, sure. which is the irony. But I think, um, yeah, his name would definitely be in the fray. But in terms of marquee managers, I, I don't know where you would go. Ryan, what about Jack Ross? Yeah, I think that's another easy option. Uh, I think Celtic needs ripped apart from the top down. I think Lowell needs to go. He's done a lot of good for the club, I get that. But he sat and have a five-minute token interview yesterday um, blaming the pandemic when the destruction that's causing across society and the destruction it's causing in the lower leagues for the biggest and the richest club in Scotland to, to blame the pandemic for the state the club's in is, I think, is a bit, is a bit low. But... The club needs the club needs ripped apart from top to bottom. Hundred percent, hundred percent, Ryan. I think um, I think we need we need somebody that's going to get the the juices flowing because I think come season ticket and new time and I think that's the only thing they care about. Um, there's a lot of people that unless they pull something at the back um, to show a bit of remorse for the debacle that's been this season, then I think there's going to be a lot of people um, uh, not taking up the season ticket next year. Eddie Howe's name keeps coming up. What does that do for you? Oh, it, it, it's a step in the right direction. He's a young manager. He's done very, very well. Bournemouth are always overachieving. So it, w- it would be better than the easy option of somebody down the road at Hibs. I mean, or Hibs a feeder club for our manager because that's what it's starting to feel like. Um, we've had Tony Mowbray, who wasn't the best. We've had Neil Lennon, who, I OK, he, he, he carried on for Rodgers last season. Uh, sorry, the previous season. Um but this season's been an absolute car crash. So, Eddie Howe, I, um, Rafa Benitez, I know he's in China or something, I think, you know, but you, you would have. Ryan, with the best will in the world, Celtic are not going to get Rafa Benitez. I would love to think they could get him. There's not a chance in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get, I get that, but you would never have thought we'd get Brendan Rodgers. But if you're, you're willing to pay and give the guy total control of the club, then the influence of the kind of footballing department in the club I think you, you're going to get a decent signing you see what Rodgers done you've just, you've just hit the nail on the head Ryan you're spot on whoever comes in has to be given control and I'm yeah. not sure yeah. Neil Lennon has total control my understanding is that Neil Lennon wanted to bring Johan Mialbi in as his number two and was overruled now whoever Celtic get to replace Neil Lennon I'm trying not to jump the gun here because Neil Lennon is still in position as this, the Celtic manager but if, if he is replaced in the summer whoever comes in has to be given complete control that that uh, at that period when Brendan Rodgers came in he'd left Liverpool win in the October he came in in May June 10,000 people turned up David Moyes was available as well and he apparently was of interest to Celtic the thing Davy said earlier about timing comes into it, doesn't it? So Celtic, I think we're looking. They got Rogers. David Moyes was perhaps a potential. You're looking now, thinking right, who would be available that they could find that would uh, fit the bill? Because I, I hear what you say there, Ryan. At the back of the bus, you just want to treble, but people were disappointed. Much as you love Neil Lennon, you weren't looking for him as the as the permanent appointment as manager. And I feel for Neil Lennon as well. Then I'm looking at Richard, but um, they, they have to get it right this time. That era is now over. I think. I think. Yeah, and I think they they have to get it right based on, you know, if Rangers do go on and win this league, they're probably not going to go anywhere for a few seasons. So it's going to be there's going to be a real title race 
um, we'll have a real title race on our hands so the appointment is is essential but Celtic also have to be careful because Rangers took a chance with Gerrard he was unproven as a manager it was exceptional football player of course we know unproven as a manager and he's proved himself to be very very good he's obviously got a great team around him as well which helps but Celtic need to be careful that they don't just go for the next young and coming young and upcoming big name that might actually not be a very good manager because they won't get the two and a half years that Steven Gerrard had well exactly because because of the the pressure from Rangers that you know Celtic will want an instant bounce back so you I mean Jack Ross seems like an easy option but he's a good manager his players love playing for him and he looks like he fits the bill so yes he's not the marquee signing but they have to be careful that they don't overlook the quality as a manager just for the for the name right, Ryan I've, I've got to say I'm glad this 10 in a row thing is over and done with because I do think Celtic have to look at the bigger picture and try and re-establish themselves as a credible football club in Europe would you take a European coach? Um, I would die because I know the Ronnie Dyla thing, but if it's a if it's a if it's if it's a European coach that's got a bit of a pro, a bit of a pedigree, then ah, you would you would take it. Ryan, thanks very much for calling. Back next, the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Lockdown continues. Stay safe, stay well. Davy Proven, Richard Foster, me, Paul Cooney and the Go Radio team. Uh, tomorrow morning at breakfast, it's Crofty and Grado from six in the morning. Richard, a wee bit of insight. Are you an early morning riser? What's the... No, what's, no you're <laughs> not at all. No. Um, Typical football, yeah? Yeah. Can save um, the energy. It's, yeah. uh, luckily, training uh, with Thistle has been three minutes from my house. So uh, we have to be in for for 10 o'clock for a half 10 start yep. so I leave the house at, at 5 to 10 and I'm still there early so um, <laughs> no I, and I don't get up much before that um, and obviously now I'm, I'm on furlough so I can just be a man of leisure So what are you going to be watching uh, in lockdown? Barry Ferguson tells us he loved power it's now Ghost the new version of it Yes yeah, yeah I started watching that but it got a bit monotonous I think um, yeah. uh, my wife and I started watching The Mandalorian uh-huh. a bit behind the curve for that but yeah. it was quite good Um but then she's she's kind of moved on to a program called Shit's Creek, which is right. she's pretty much addicted to. So I just kind of get shunned now. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> there's no TV, but I am I'm a Call of Duty. I'm a, a 35 year old child because I, I still play um, uh, games on my computer. So that's that's my addiction, and, and hers is uh, Shit's Creek. So oh, it works quite yep. well. Davy, yourself. All the Netflix stuff, Peaky Blinders, yep. Ozark. Um, Ozark's good. Yeah, yeah all, all, that, that. all that stuff. And, and some of the documentaries, just watch The, the Lawman with Dennis Law. Oh, yeah. and uh-huh. yep. um, There was one on uh, Jack Charlton. There's some great stuff on Maradona. Maradona in Mexico is just a fabulous watch. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I watched that when we when we lost Maradona a couple of months ago, and it was great to see. It's great when it comes back, you know. And people who you'd be very young when he was playing, Richard, just a boy. But do you remember much of him? Do you remember seeing the the footage of Maradona? Unfortunately, the, the memories you have of uh, him, you know, the I don't remember it at the time, but I've seen it since. Of you know, when he was at Napoli and stuff, mm-hmm. and the, the celebration when his eyes are coming out of his head and stuff <laughs> like that. But my dad always talks about. I mean, my dad, my dad's English, so you know, dislikes him severely for that goal. Yeah. But always spoke about him, you know, in terms of how good a player he was, um, and and when because unfortunately, like you say, that he's passed on, I'm now seeing a lot of the stuff. I mean, uh, see when you yeah. actually watch the goal he scores against England, you know, not the other one is it's, yeah. it, he goes by about seven players, yeah. you know, and, and granted some of the, the defending's questionable, but um, and when you see that, you know, he was a man who he he basically won Napoli the title himself, 
you know, he would win Argentina the World Cup pretty much himself. So this guy was was exceptional, um, and and to get to see clips of him and you know the, the videos of him warming up, yeah. and he just looked like he just loved the game, yeah. and the way everyone spoke about him, he just loved the game, and it was it was quite nice to see. I'm I'm a Maradona. You'd have to pull my no. toenails out with pliers to get me to vote against Maradona yeah. as the best of all yeah. time, and I think somebody who's well qualified to call it would be Maurizio Pochettino, sure. who's an Argentine, yep. and obviously has seen plenty of Messi, plenty of Maradona. And he goes with Diego Armando, Armando. Maradona. Mm-hmm. They've named the ground after him, of course, at Napoli, David. Wow. It's, it's wonderful. What he did with that club is amazing. And I think we now realise the depth of feeling about him in Argentina, which you would expect, but in Napoli. He just transformed it. I think he lay in state, did he not? Yeah, he did. He lay in state. He did. You know, footballer yeah. lying yeah. in state. And when he went to Napoli, Napoli sold 80,000 season tickets in two days when he wow. went to Napoli. Before mm. the internet mm. Is that what happened When you went to Ross County Was there a Similar <laughs> Similar They sold no season tickets In two days I'm glad we're Socially distanced from <laughs> Richard be a lot faster uh, Great to have Richard On the programme tonight With uh, Davy Proven As always And me Paul Cooney And loads of your calls Coming in And people on the socials As well uh, We should tell you Wraith Rovers Have had a Covid outbreak As well So the Rovers Have been affected And uh, It means their match With Inverness Cali Thistle Is uh, postponed So it's going to happen more and more isn't it but uh, listen the vaccine's coming Richard we keep saying this it's just the the irony keeps on coming as well that a team in the league that was allowed to continue is now had to suspend a game for Covid whereas I don't believe that in League 1 or 2 we've had any games I was about to ask you can we say that again so you've had I don't think so I don't you know off the top of my head we've obviously the weather plays a big part in our league but no no Covid beaches but like I say especially Thistle with Jerry Britton um, yeah who sends messages in the group chat at half four in the morning? Probably just try to make sure you're socially distant from your wife. Mm-hmm. But he's um, he's he's so particular about it, and, and we need to follow the protocols like everyone does. So it's again, it's just disappointing. And Cy Ferry and uh, Barry Ferguson have been telling us so Cy, as you know, is at Peterhead, mm-hmm. uh, they can't play anymore. But the, the, the work going, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, the players, Davey, in the first, second division, and so they have to travel all over the place, especially think of going up to Cove, yeah. as you mentioned. They can't shower after it. No. They, they, they couldn't they have to drive back what three hours to four hours back in the middle of winter yeah I mean I, I think the, the the authorities tried to make the distinction that full-time clubs could keep a, a better bubble mm-hmm. biosecure bubble there is no such thing obviously yeah. but the, the players would be more secure in it but you know the full-time players are going home to wives who have maybe been down at the supermarket kids who've been at school so I, I, I don't know whether I, I don't think you can keep anyone safe no, I really I think, don't And that's that's why it's so disappointing Because I think way back at the start of this Thistle had said Look we have the capacity to test um, If you put us in a league With a lot of part time teams We are going to be in a situation Where we can continue And they can't Which has now happened again Because at this point now We could still test We could play our games But we've just never been given that option um, And it is, it is disappointing Because like I say If Teams in League One and League Two had five, six, seven COVID cases and games were called off. I go, yeah. But this has been a knee jerk reaction to a Premiership team catching COVID, having players isolating. And the, the reaction to that was to then suspend League One and League mm-hmm. Two. It's like, you know, you, you know, me me doing something wrong and my parents mm-hmm. grounding my little brother. Yeah. Jim McAnally <laughs> yeah. believes that they should never have started League One or League Two this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think he also made the point that they shouldn't be playing 
the, the Premiership either. He, mm. he believes it's all to satisfy broadcasters. Mm -hmm. But Jim was saying without but, supporters... Um, yeah, but I think it, well, I think football does bring a lot to, to well, people. I agree with you. So do I. Yeah, mental, I don't know what we'd do. Yeah. Don't know what we'd do no. without. So I think I think yeah. initially, you know, the, the players and that, and, and we did feel privileged to be getting going back to work. Yeah. Um, especially the, the Premier League players because they were they were ahead of us. Um, but then I think it then became into this where it, it actually gives people something to do, something to exactly. look forward to. Yeah, it kind of sure. it structures your week. So now we've got a situation where the, the Premiership teams in Scotland. I still think that yes, they do get afforded more luxuries mm -hmm. than the public. Yep. But we get afforded less because all my friends are still going to work. Yep. But I'm not allowed to. You're not. Work. You're on furlough. So it's well, just a yep, strange really situation. Let's hope you're back at the beginning of February then, and yes. that, that you know that the the COVID begins to. Uh, Go down in the next few weeks. Let's hope so. This weekend, I'm just looking at the fixtures. Uh, Ross County, Aberdeen, two-year-old clubs. Who do you fancy there? What do you think? Um, Big Yogi, you know, he's had a decent start, but they need points against Aberdeen, who need points as well to get third or second yeah, spot. I, think, uh, I, th I still fancy Aberdeen for that game. I think they, they started the game really, really well against Rangers. I think the sending off changed, changed the dynamic. I think they had the yeah. Cosgrove chance and a few... A few where if they made the better decision, I think they could have had like a better opportunity. Um, Ross County are still finding their feet. Yogi's obviously still trying to implement what he wants, but I just you know, unfortunately, he's still left with the players who are kind of scarred from the mm -hmm. the previous regime in terms of they've not been playing well, they've been making mistakes. So I think that one's probably going to be an away win. Davy, what do you reckon, Ross County, Aberdeen, Aberde Aberdeen, Aberdeen, I've yep. tipped Aberdeen for third. So. Yep. Um, and I, I have also promised to eat my hat if Hibs finish above Aberdeen, so I'm taking yeah. Aberdeen there. So I'll take you to Hibs against your old club, Kilmarnock. Um, yeah, I think Hibs there. Hibs will do it. I know Alec Dyer had a good result at the weekend, but um, I thought Hibs did really well at, at Celtic Park and thoroughly deserved the point. Yep. So you fancy I think Hibs will win that. Kilmarnock have done well in the last three games. What, two wins and a, a draw? Um, Richard, what do you fancy? Um I don't know. I, I think the way that Kilmarnock set up will frustrate Hibs. Mm. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a one 0 Kilmarnock victory. Jed Kilty's a good player. Uh, yeah, player. he's done yep. really, really well. I think Whitehall's signed a new deal, scoring yep. goals, um, gives him a, a different dimension up top, and I think the two of them kind of dovetail well against each other. And I think, like I said, I think Hibs might sneak. Uh, Kilmarnock might yep. sneak a one 0 I see he scored just as the clock was heading for <laughs> midnight, and the, you know we, we we laughed about that. What a way to get, uh, you know, uh, his uh, new deal was a good one. St Johnson, St Mirren. Um, what do you think? I hope St Johnson win I think they've been playing some good football this season but they've just struggled to score goals um, I like watching them play um, but they just, they're just just not getting the results I don't think their play deserved I mean St Mirren have done really well um, but I think you know kind of Brophy's a great signing isn't he Brophy I think, yeah he just he just brings to St Mirren something that they don't have yeah, yeah. you know that's what they're lacking is in both teams lacking in goals yeah. Um, but like I say all the allegiances I hope St Johnson of course your old team you think St Johnson Davy. I think you might think something else I think it's a Desmond a Desmond do too it's a okay. Desmond it's a 2-2 Hamilton against Dundee United David um, I'd love to say Hamilton because I have so much admiration for Brian Rice but um, I've got to go for Mickey Mellon's boys he was on the programme last night Lauren Shankland how good was that goal fabulous it's just having the, the instincts and the vision to take it on to spot where the goalkeeper is when you're actually you've got your eye on the ball and you, you've managed to have a quick look at where the keeper is you ever score one like that either of you no, I mean I've, I've, yeah. I've looked up a few times and seen the goalie off his line but <laughs> it's the kick in the ball in the net it's a problem for me <laughs> uh, Celtic against Livingston 
Richard Foster. He's thinking. It's park, yeah. have to, it's we it's have to hurry you. Um, I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say Livingston 2-1. Wow. Livingston to continue. That'll be seven on the bounce wins in the league. Nine in total. Davy, what do you think? Yeah, I, 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 I just don't see... I don't see Celtic going through there and winning with the mood at the club at the yeah. moment. I think Livingston will get a point there. So that's midweek is the away game on Saturday at Celtic Park because they are playing twice in a few days. So at Celtic Park, Celtic Livy, you still think I it's think going to be a share can get something. Yep. You know, if you look share at the, the, the way they're playing, Scott Robinson playing out of skin. Another Desmond. Yep. Desmond, yes, a yep. Desmond. Go for a Desmond on that one. And then it's the Sky game on Sunday. Motherwell against Rangers at Fir Park. Rangers by a couple, I think. Yeah. Morales. They're going like a steam train just now, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they, just, they just no sign of them cracking. No sign of them. You love your music. Is it nothing that's going to stop us now? Is that the music in there? Pretty much at the, mo- <laughs> at the moment, yeah. Even yeah. like you say, when they they drop below their previous levels, they have still got enough to win the games, and, and they're just relentless at the moment. So mm-hmm. I would say three 0 Rangers. Three 0 Rangers. Thanks very much for joining us, Thank Richard you. and Davy. We're back again very soon, and tomorrow night it's. Um, uh, Ferry and Ferguson will be joining us on the programme tonight who do you fancy in the Arsenal Palace game just before we go Richard um, I'll say Arsenal going for Arsenal to continue yeah I think it's turned run. a corner he yeah, was under he was pressure under real, oh, big pressure yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah I think Arsenal will win that tonight ok stay safe everyone watch yourself driving home and uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again same time tomorrow night 5 to 7 The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk.